You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm sitting here with my great friend, Zachary Garza. Woo! Glad you're here with us. This podcast is all about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. We want to do something we've never done before. We are going to do a series. So these next few episodes all go together, and we'd love for you to reference these consistently as a mentor just to bring yourself back to the main things. This series we are titling Relationships Change Lives. So Zach, you came up with this Relationships Change Lives motto. It's on t-shirts. You need to probably trademark this thing, but <laughs> can you tell us a little more about yeah, how you came up with this? Yeah, so um honestly, it it became our tagline just because as a staff, we continued to say it over and over and over. And I think one of our mentors was like, man, you guys say that so often you should just, you know, toss it on a t-shirt. I was like, <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Um, but as I've, as I've taken this phrase and as I've brought it to the Lord, he's begun to really un unpack what it means and the power of relationships. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning. The Lord in Genesis 1 created everything that we needed. He created the sun and the moon. He created the stars, uh, the ocean, the land. He created Adam and Eve, man. Uh, he gave us the morning so that we could work and the evening so we could rest. He gave us land to cultivate seas to explore. He gave us vegetation and fruit, crops and trees that would feed us for days and days on end. He gave us the animals of all shapes and sizes. He gave us different seasons, the sun, the moon, the stars. And lastly, he gave man dominion over all of that. And whenever all of that was done, he sat back and he said, it is good. And he looked at Adam, the man that he created, and he said, it is very good. But as we continue to read in Genesis 2, the Lord makes a U-turn. He takes a look at Adam. He takes a look at man who has everything that he could ever want, right? There isn't anything that is that he is missing from the Garden of Eden. He has shelter. He has a place to call his own. But the Lord looks at him and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And the one thing that I had never really understood before is that the Lord said this before sin entered the world. So from the very beginning, the Lord created us for relationship. And in the garden was everything that we needed, particularly relationship with man and God and man and other people. That truly struck a chord with me. It's like, man, us needing each other is not sinful. We were actually created for relationship. Yeah. And then you see, how did the Lord give that to us? Well, every person on this earth, they were created by relationship by a man and a woman coming together. And the fruit of that is a baby that you have a relationship with. And if any of you guys out there have kids, you guys know that there's just this special bond, this connection that um, a father has with a son, that a mom has with a daughter. As I continue to 
to grow older as I myself got married and had kids, I began to see just one, how, how important my wife is to me and just how much my heart is for her, how much I love her. And then because of that, we came together and we had children. And my relationship, my bond with my children is something that I, I can't really even explain. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I would do anything for my children. I would do anything for my wife. And at the end of the day, the most important things in life aren't things at all. They're people. They're relationships. Yeah. And the Lord wants to give us relationships, wants to give every person relationship through family. But the enemy knows this, right? And he wants to destroy it. The enemy hates relationships. And whenever I take a look at our kids, whenever I think about my own life, the main area that the enemy wants to destroy relationships is where it was first started, which was family. So the enemy knows that if he can come in and destroy a family and have a child grow up in a family that is broken, that is not how it's supposed to be, then he's going to have a really easy time having his way with that person. And whenever a family is broken, it just gives Satan just so much room to tell lies and to change identity. And it gives him a pass to really come influence you sometimes at a really young age and change how you see life and change how you see God and change how you see yourself that is going to turn you in to the adult that you will one day be. And it creates a faulty mindset, mm-hmm. and just lies that aren't true. And so God, God wants you in family, right? Um, the enemy hates family. And so in the garden of Eden relationship was broken whenever man sinned. Um, and I believe that in order to find life and life to the fullest, it's relationships that is the answer yeah. to th- that brokenness. Relationship one with God, but it's also through other people as well. Wow. I love that. Even even just how you summarized that at the end, that if you have relational brokenness, relationships are what bring healing. Right. Well, and the main thing that the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to isolate because he knows that if he can isolate, then he can lie and he can attack and it's so much easier to attack someone when they're isolated. So for so many people that we mentor, for so many of our kids, they are isolated. Most of the time, it is because of something that they had no say in. They're isolated because their parents are divorced. They're isolated because they are um, a part of the foster care system. They're, they have um, been adopted. There's, there's been something that has kept them from being with their biological family. Um, perhaps it's because their parents are trying so hard to make ends meet that they have to work so much that they can't give their child the time um, to fulfill their needs. There are so many things that the enemy can use to keep us from relationship. And ultimately, those have a really devastating effect on kids. Yeah. I love that revelation that you shared of needs are not sinful Yeah, because we are made originally with them. That mm-hmm. was God's original intent. And that that's the devil's opportunity is coming at us to meet our needs in ways that God has not designed. Right. And so that is an incredible revelation of just recognizing that my needs are not sinful. And we weren't made to be alone. Yeah. It is not good for man to be alone. Um, That's not how life was meant to be, right? We are meant to go through this thing called life with other people. We're meant to be surrounded by a family that loves us and cares for us no matter what. 
we were meant to be in relationship with people who won't abandon us, won't hurt us, and won't give up on us. It is not good for man to be alone. And yet so often I look out and I see so many people, specifically the kids that we mentor, who are alone. I know that I would have a hard time being alone. I have a hard time when I'm isolated. And I can't even imagine how hard it is on a kid who's 10. Yeah. Right? Who has experienced trauma or has experienced difficult situations. I mean, that just makes it that much harder. Um, and so that's that's why the foundation of everything that we do is discipling through a mentoring relationship that is going to point them to a relationship with God because relationships change lives first with the Lord Jesus Christ, but so often the Lord teaches us how to do that through relationships with others. Yeah. Would, would you say that um, kids from hard places who have relational needs, that that the possibility of that coming from their parents having relational needs that went unmet? Oh, for sure. Or Yeah. So I say all of this and why I'm so passionate about it is because it's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was the kid who was isolated. I was the kid who, because my parents um, weren't able to be there for me, I, what I felt alone and the enemy lied to me and he just had his way with me. Everything that I'm saying, I am speaking with such conviction because this is a huge part of my story. And whenever I see the kids that we mentor, I can look at them and be like, man, that kid looks and acts a lot like I did. So let's take, for example, my own father. I truly believe did the best job that he could with what he was given. Um, unfortunately, like some things, um, happened and he and my mom split up. It's hard for me to really, to really be mad at my dad. Cause whenever I hear his story and I find out about his father and his father's father, there wasn't anyone in his life who met his needs. I mean, wow. you know, while my dad might've been 40 or 50 or 60 in some ways, he was still a child trying to get these needs met. And guys, whenever you try to get these needs, which the Lord has given all of us, we all need something. My dad was trying to find that through the things that this world has to offer. And so like, yeah, he, he, you know, he, my dad left our family because he was trying to get those needs met. Mm. I get that. I understand that because no one taught him, Hey, this is how to get your needs met in a healthy way. The only thing that he knew was how to get them met in an unhealthy way. So, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to to sit there for a little bit and, and talk through the healthy and unhealthy ways mm-hmm. that we get our needs met, because I think that is, that's huge. Yeah. Because if the devil's plan is to meet our needs outside of God's plan, that's inevitably going to lead us in a direction of death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for our our boys who have who need relationship in yep. order to meet their needs, what are the temptations or the things that they're being led astray by? Sure. Well, first, Stephen, I want to talk about the main need that we all have is love, right? Like we all need to be loved, and if you really start paying attention to the reasons why kids are doing certain things, mm-hmm. it's ultimately because they just want to be loved. The kid who's acting out in class wants attention. And if he gets attention, then he's going to feel loved. The guy who's out there having girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend, he wants acceptance. 
because when he feels accepted, he feels loved, right? Um, and so in a healthy way, we find love through our family, right? We find love through caring, trusting adults who know us and who are going to be there for us no matter what. And we feel secure in that, right? You feel secure in a family setting um, when people truly know you and love you, not for what you do, but for who you are. But sometimes our kids get their needs met in an unhealthy way um, because kids, and it, it really isn't even kids. It's just people. It is people. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to do whatever we have to do yeah. to get these needs met. It doesn't matter if you're six, 16 or 60. If these needs are going unmet, you're going to find a way to get them met. But for the, the kids that we mentor specifically, sometimes it looks good, right? It is perfection. It is the kid who um, has a $500 reaction to a five cent problem. Like there was this one kid who he said, I want to average 40 points a game in my basketball season. In one game, he had 36 points and he flipped out. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like you had a great game. But what I found out later was that his dad said, hey, if you average 40 points a game, then we're going to go off and we're going to have this special trip together. Mm. So the kid really didn't care about 40 points a game. The kid cared about spending time with his father. Yeah. But he thought that he had to be perfect in order to do that. So whenever he fell short of perfection, he flipped out. And like you find it with a kid who like wants to be good in all the eyes of his teachers or like the um, teacher's pet, you know. But on the other side of that, you also find it for kids who they will go to a party and they'll do whatever they have to do to get noticed. If that's get into a fight, they'll get into a fight. If that's um, smoke this, drink this, then they'll do that. Whatever they have to do. For some kids, it is they care so much about how they look. Their shoes have to be perfect. Their shirt has to be perfectly ironed. They've got to have the newest this or the newest that, right? That's why sometimes you'll see people who are impoverished, who have rims on their cars that are worth, you know, $10,000. Um, well, they're all trying to get their needs met in an unhealthy way. I mean, just there, there are so many ways, especially now with like social media and all of that stuff. Ultimately, kids want love. And so often they find it in just, hey, how are people going to see me? How are people going to notice me? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that leans into just the identity piece. Of oh, yeah. When you attach your needs to your performance, mm -hmm. you, your identity gets jacked up because you connect yeah. all, of, all of people's perception of you to yourself, right. and then you just start spiraling. When your identity is unhealthy, you're attaching people's opinions and your performance to your needs. Yeah. When those aren't met healthily, you lose who you are, mm -hmm. and you try and find yourself in all of those things. Yeah, like that performance-based loved, I want to be loved so badly. And in order to be loved, I have to do these things. When those things don't happen, man, it can get real bad real quick. Yeah. Um, well, and so. it's even like the Karen Purvis stuff that talks about when a child cries as, as, as a newborn baby, if it doesn't learn that when it cries, someone cares, it shuts down and starts to believe that it's not loved. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing with, with all of these things is that when we go with unmet needs, we believe something about ourselves that's yeah. not true. And so I, I'd love for us to set up the next few episodes we're going to talk through sure. about really the main relational needs that we've identified of 
our kids. Well, I, I love how you said people because we all have these. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you talk through, walk us through a few of the, the top relational needs that we have? Yeah, there are, there are so many needs um, that we all have, right? And every person's different. And guys, let me talk specifically to you. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much you can bench press. <laughs> you still have needs. Yeah. <laughs> like I am a large man. Like I, and I still need a ton of attention. Yeah. It's just how I'm wired. And a, a lot of it has to do with my story. I still need my wife to encourage me. Whenever my wife encourages me, it just like lights a fire under me. Like it is so cool. My wife needs support. Like whenever I do the dishes or whenever I vacuum for her, whenever she feels like I'm coming alongside her, she's like, oh, Zach, I feel so loved. I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so like, I mean, some of the uh, needs are, I've said support, like to be comforted. Like whenever you're having a hard day, for some people, when they have someone who loves them, who comes beside them and says, hey, I see that you're having a hard day. I'm sorry about that. Let me give you a hug. Like that means everything to them. In our show notes, you guys can see, well, we actually have a relational needs quiz that you can take to kind of figure out. Yes. But specifically through the lens of a kid from a hard place, right? Like one, it is so difficult for them to talk about their needs because at some point they've talked about them before or they've done something to like shoot off the signals. Hey, I need this. And no one answered. Like they made the call and no one came. Um, and so they're scared. Like they're scared to be open. They're scared to let you in because of their, because of their past. There's always a reason why. And for some kids, like they have gone so long without getting the relational needs met that they don't even know that they have them and they don't even know how to receive. There was this one kid who me and my wife spent time with and he needed attention and affection so much. But when we tried to give it to him, it was so foreign to him. He didn't know how to receive it. The main thing that he needed, we tried to give him, but he couldn't receive it. So it was this cycle of wow. I have needs and, and I want more than anything to get them met. But when someone tries to get to meet them, I'm going to reject them. You see kids become detached. Like you see kids basically saying, this is what I want and this is what I need, but it's not going to happen. So I'm not even going to try anymore. Keep in mind, guys, that we're talking about kids who, for, for most of us, are under the age of 18, and they can't articulate this. Like, a kid in third grade won't come up and be like, hey, Coach Garza, I just wanted to tell you that my needs tank is pretty low, and I need affection, comfort, and security from you, <laughs> right? Like, a kid won't ever say that. Yeah. But what he might say is, hey, Coach Garza, watch me throw this football. Or, hey, how was your day-to-day, -day, buddy? Oh, it was a hard day. And he's opening the door for you to say, oh man, I'm so sorry. Let's talk about it. Right? Like they will give you these little clues, but we've got to be tuned in and we've got to let the Holy Spirit lead us. And we've got to hear whenever he prompts us to say, hey, why don't you spend a little bit more time with this kid? Or why don't you ask that second follow-up question? Yeah, that's um, really good. But man, I kind of went off there, but no, I think it's good because we're we're not trying to just view needs as this one-to-one, yeah. -one, okay, you have this need, mm -hmm. here's how to fill it, without recognizing that there are potential walls that have built right. up over years yeah. of this kid has been conditioned mm -hmm. to not receive love in this area right. because he has never expected it. Yeah, and I spoke earlier about 
a $500 response to a five cent problem? Well, what happens when a kid gives a five cent response to a $500 problem? Wow. I've had, I've watched kids go through things that brings me to tears and the kid doesn't even react because he's so used to it. Cause it's his normal, right? Here's a really simple example. I've had a lot of junk happen in my life. To me, it's pretty normal. <laughs> but whenever I tell people my story, a lot of times they're like, whoa, like that is crazy. And you've been through so much trauma that I'm having a hard time even comprehending it. But to me, I'm like, what? I did? Because for me, that's just life. I didn't cry from 13 to 21. And I can count on the number I, I can count on one hand the number of times that I cried from 21 to 28. I probably cried less than five times for, in 15 years. And I've had a lot of hard stuff happen. Wow. And like that just goes to show like something's not right. <laughs> like, um, I mean, the main, the, the main issue that I still deal with is my parents did the best job that they could, but I really didn't feel loved as a child that's a pretty big statement, but you think that someone would be upset about that. You think that someone would shed some tears over that, but I didn't because I didn't know better. And because I was just so used to it and so hurt. It's it's not even that your relational tank is empty. It's just that you've, you've clogged it or filled yeah. it up with something right. completely different. Right. And, and, and like, that's why relationships are so important because for some of our kids, for most of our kids who have, who come from hard places, they have junk that they need to deal with. And sometimes it is acceptable and appropriate for you to be that person. Sometimes it's acceptable and appropriate for you to introduce them to someone who's more qualified. I mean, I have been through a lot of counseling and that's okay. The Lord used that. That's more than okay. Yeah. The Lord used that to free me up from a lot of stuff. I remember that I had a mentor come into my life named Alex and Alex was in my life for six weeks, I didn't spend a ton of time with him, but he met me at the right time and the Lord had prepared my heart. And he asked me like six really important questions. Hey, Zach, you don't trust people. Why is that? Hey, Zach, you don't forgive people. Why is that? Hey, Zach, you want a ton of attention and you try to get it met through these ways. Why is that? And I'm like, man, like those questions transformed my life. Sometimes the Lord will use mentors to unclog your. Mm-hmm. Um, relational needs tank. Sometimes he'll use counselors. Sometimes he'll use the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he'll use church. Sometimes he'll use the Bible. You don't ever know. But what I want to do is I want to come alongside the kid that I mentor and introduce him to as many options as possible that are going to help get him back to good because the Lord redeems, the Lord restores, and that's his heart. He wants to do that. And as a mentor, a lot of times he's going to use you or your network or your connections or your wisdom to make that happen. Yeah. God's original intent is family, mm-hmm. and the fall creates this opportunity for relational needs to go unmet, mm-hmm. and God's design, redemptive plan is for mentors, community, families to be restored, and people to have their relational needs met yeah. within a, a surrounding community. Like, I mean, it's the verse that you share all the time, the Lord sets the lonely in families. Man, amen. And that doesn't necessarily just look like your natural nuclear family, that's a tribe. Oh, yeah. That's a community that, that cares for you, that is a, is a support and a, a yeah. healing balm. I mean, Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone, right? And then Psalms 68.5, it 
He's a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. God sets the lonely in families. That is so powerful. Like God wants us to be in family. And for those of you guys or whose kids don't have a healthy biological family, well, praise the Lord that he gives us church community or mentors or different people to come alongside you and to act as family. Yeah. The next few episodes, we're going to unpack what we call the three A's. Yeah. And those are attention, affirmation, and acceptance. And so we really want to spend some time training and equipping you in how to meet these needs because mm-hmm. they're so foundational for every kid from a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've been trying to put this thing together, the three A's, um, for about 10 to 15 years now. Um, and so what, what I have stumbled upon is from my own past, but it's also from working with these kids that we work with. Um, I've kind of put my finger on young men who come from a home where there's no father figure present. Now this also, I think the same thing applies to girls. And I think the same thing applies to other kids who come from hard places. It just looks different. Right. And so the three A's is this. The first one is attention. A kid from a hard place receives love through attention. And when they receive attention, it says to them that you matter more than anything else. Yeah. You matter. You have value. The next one is affirmation. A kid receives love through affirmation. And affirmation says, I believe in you. You have what it takes and you are enough. Yeah. And there's so much power when a mentor, when a caring adult can speak those words of affirmation into the soul of a kid from a hard place who might have never heard that before. And then the last one is acceptance. A kid from a hard place receives love through acceptance, which says, I love you for you, not for what you do. And that kind of kills that performance-based love mindset. Yeah, it's um, huge. And so those are the three A's, and we're going to be talking about those over the next three weeks. I think it's huge. And I think if we can figure out how our kids are trying to receive attention, and if we can affirm them and say, hey, you don't have to go after that. I'll meet your needs in these ways, and the Lord will meet your your needs in these ways, and then come behind that and say, hey, regardless of what happens, you've got a place in our family. I accept you no matter what. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not quitting on you. My presence and my love has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with who you are, and you're a child of God who has extreme value, and you have a place in my home and in my heart and in this world. Amen. I think there is so much value in a mentor giving practical um, tools. Hey, it is awesome that a mentor can help a kid do better in school or teach him how to do well in sports or get a job, things like that. That is needed 100%. The other side of that, it has to do with the heart, right? These kids from hard places, their heart has gone through the ringer. And I believe through all of this, through relationship, through needs getting met in a healthy way, the Lord wants to restore the heart of our kids. He wants to speak to the heart. He wants our kids to know that he cares about them and that they are sons and daughters and not orphans and that they have a family and that they have a place. But man, we, the enemy has jacked up our kids' hearts and there are lies being believed day in and day out. 
And I believe that the Lord wants to use us and his Holy Spirit to really restore the heart, to make it pure again, to where what flows from the heart is godly. So to end today's episode, um, we, th- we thought it'd be great to just even ask that question so that we grow self-aware. What are our relational needs? <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And so if, if we're completely unaware of what our needs are, how are we going to discern what someone else's needs are? Mm-hmm. And so we just want to say to you, mentor, it is not good for you to be alone. Yeah. What are your own relational needs? Have you done an inventory? Where does God fit in to your relational needs? Who is meeting your needs? Who Who is the community around you that you've surrounded yourself with mm-hmm. to have your needs met? And whose relational needs are you called to meet? Yeah. And it's so hard, guys. Um, it's so hard here in America. And society says, if you have a need, you go fix it. You go meet it. You know? You fight and crawl to get what you need because really you're responsible for yourself. Yeah. And if you don't do it, no one will. That's not really how the Lord works. Yeah. Right. The The Lord has made it to where we come alive through family, through community. Dependence. Dependence. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Um, when two or more are gathered, there the Lord is. Um, the Lord wants us to need and to have each other. So, yeah. which is hard to do, especially whenever society lies as a man specifically, it's you don't have needs. And if you do, you better not say them because someone's going to think that you're weak. And if you do, you better not say them because what if no one meets them? Right. Wow. So, wow. There's the enemy will lie, man. He, that is what he does. He is the king of lies. Yeah. And so after you do some kind of self inventory, grow in self-awareness, we want you to listen to the rest of these episodes so that you can identify and consider your mentee, the person you're, you're influencing and you're investing in. Where are they getting their needs met? And is it healthy or unhealthy? What do you think their greatest relational needs are? Who are the people in their life meeting their relational needs? And, and what are ways you can plan to address those? Yeah. And, uh, two books that, um, I really like one on needs is rare leadership by a guy named Warner. Um, and then on just the importance of community and people, it's people fuel by, uh, John Townsend. Um, those are two books that helped me out a ton. Half of that book is on Zach's whiteboard right now. That's a true story, man. (laughs) Just, um, and it's so crazy in the book rare leadership, he goes through the brain and how like, (laughs) it's nuts, but we are truly wired in our brains for relationship. Mm. Um, But guys, we love you as a mentor. Like we want you to be as healthy as possible. And we want you to find everything that you need in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want your identity to be secure as a son or as a daughter of the most high King. Um, And we want you to be filled up by people who love you and who care about you, but by also having a deep and intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, because you can't give what you yourself don't have. Um, and we want you to be an incredible mother or father or husband or wife and mentor. Um, yeah. Because I mean, guys, this is all about mentoring. Um, and yeah, some people have different 
definitions about mentoring and discipleship and da da da. But really, like we're making disciples, yeah. um, and that is the main thing: is we want to teach these kids who we're building relationships with how to love God and how to love others, and turn them into a disciple who can pass this on not only to their community and their friends, but also to their future husbands and wives and kids. How crazy is that? I truly do believe that the people who are going to have the most impact by your investment into this child's life is not actually the kid who you're mentoring. It's the kid who you're mentoring's kids. And that's how you break a generational cycle. I believe that the Lord, through your investment, wants to turn a generational curse into a generational blessing. And that years and years and years from now, the kid who you're mentoring, his kids are going to say, man, thank the Lord for my dad's mentor. Yeah. There's power there, man. Relationships change lives. Relationships with the Lord, relationships with others. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We really encourage you to check our show notes for those questions so you can do some self-reflection as well as consider what your mentee's relational needs are. Um, and check out those books. We'll have those in our show notes, Rare Leadership and People Fuel. Um, the three A's are going to be three different episodes. So be sure to check those out. Attention, affirmation, and acceptance. If you haven't left a review yet, please jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We're so thankful for that. And let us know if this podcast has been helpful to you in any way. We want to hear about it. And if there's nothing that you've received up to this point, we just want it to be this. You can mentor.